Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Co-host Ryan here, just letting you know up top that we had so much fun content uh, in our recording session with our crossover event for More Than Meets the Pod that um, we're splitting it into two parts. But you don't have to wait our normal two weeks for the next episode. Part two will drop next Sunday, May 10th. I know, you're welcome. We are the podcast that keeps on giving. All right, here we go. APDC MTMTP crossover, baby! I think Charming and Krusty is an intersection that we can, like, corner the market for. Oh, absolutely. I think that we personally hit Charming and Krusty <laughs> in the same breath. Then Sometimes we're sparkling personalities, but other times, you know, you hit your gremlin stride. <laughs> and that's fine. A Detroit must be stopped, no matter the cost. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your bi-weekly podcast delivering an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. This is our episode number 126. Today, we're going to be reviewing episode number 22 of the G1 series, The Immobilizer. And I am your host, Aaron, and uh, Waterfalls, No Scrubs, Creep. Baby, 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 ain't too proud to beg. These are songs I no doubt would have made reference to in our TLC-themed intro if I'd not been too lazy to write one. And uh, that that's not a good intro, but Caleb, Ryan, say hello. Hi, I'm Ryan. Hi, we, I'm Caleb. We haven't done a TLC intro, <laughs> which is shocking to me because of the pop culture juggernaut they were in our in our youth. And uh, it's really hard to do at the last minute, so I didn't do it. Great. We're off to a roaring start. Yep. But it's going to get better because I'd, <laughs> because I'd like to welcome to the show Kit and Harper, hosts of More Than Meets the Pod. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's us. We're you here. guys. Yeah. All the way from sunny New York. <laughs> sunny New York. What part of New York are you from? Uh, Western New York, just outside Buffalo. Ha oh, Buffalo. Have you enjoyed their wings? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've lived here for 25 <laughs> years. How many wings, if you had to guesstimate, do you think okay. I've eaten in my lifetime? 11. <laughs> 1,100, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> they come in packs of 10, typically. Yeah. Have you been to the legendary Anchor Bar and Grill where supposedly they were first served? No. no. I have, but I did not get wings there. <laughs> I've had the wings wow. sauce. I didn't think it was very good. Yeah. What a letdown. Just like a shot of it? No, on <laughs> wings. Oh, I see. I actually had uh, hot wings last night. Oh, good for you. God, it I'm is. jealous. Yeah. I offered them to you like five days ago. ago. I was I was deep in sleep. <laughs> Just like I... waving a chicken wing in front of her while she's sleeping. This was at 6 p.m., not the middle of the night. <laughs> Caleb, you want to tell them real quick what's happening later this morning for you? <laughs> yeah, please the share. The world is weird. So in a nutshell, <laughs> just all right. So I have an aunt that's a, that's 
turning 100 years old today. Nice. And yeah, she made it. And uh, <laughs> so she, Aaron, do you remember Vic and Lavinia Wood out of the, oh, yeah. out of the just one of so she's, she's So that's her. She's, so anyway, I tried to get out of this. There's a birthday parade going in front of her house this morning at like in about probably in the next hour, hour and a half. Okay. And I'm going to have to be involved in it. So I told my I told my wife, I said, look, I'll do this thing, but I'm really I'm not gonna be really present for her birthday parade because I'm gonna be on a Transformers podcast. So <laughs> there'll be a, so at at some point I'll be getting in, in my vehicle and with my kids and my wife and driving on a parade to celebrate my aunt's hundredth birthday while all the while staying engaged with uh the uh, podcast so that means we're all going on this parade as well it sounds That's like right. i'm so excited <laughs> I, I at some point depend if it doesn't if it's not horribly disruptive if it feels right i'll i'll turn on my camera and and we can all wave at my 100 year old aunt together from the street Awesome. Caleb Perfect. also said that she's blind, so I was like, just tell her the parade happened. She's she's not <laughs> blind. She's just a hundred years old and can't she's see. She's going very far. blind. <laughs> she's she's yeah. Um, but I told yeah, I did. I told my wife, I was like, just we could just her that we were there and she would not have any clue. But... Fair enough. So uh, Kit Harper, your podcast is amazing. More than meets the pod. Uh, a Transformers by and for queer women. Welcome to the show. Uh, listen, as a, I have a problem. I really enjoy your show. How do I reconcile loving your show when it's not for me? You can like things that aren't for you as long as you don't try to make them about you. And we've been really lucky about that. Oh. Like nobody's come in here and been like, well, why isn't it for me? So you guys haven't gotten any like um, horrible like emails or or tweets or anything like that no no because no? we have like dude, dude fans, fans who aren't I, even I, gay i listen to it every week Aww. <laughs> every week that it comes out <laughs> yes well uh, yeah i love your show things have been rough lately thank you though do you all want to take forward to enjoying your guys show once i get over my fear of stealing all your goofs well i was going to mention that also like i we are kind of Right now, you guys are changing formats because you're doing two episodes of the G1 at a time. Uh, and previously, we were like neck and neck. Like, we would release an episode of G1, and then next the week after that, you guys would do it. So you're going to surpass us pretty quickly. Uh, but, yeah, I would make sure to wait till we've recorded our episode before I listen to yours. Because, like you said, I don't want to uh, coincidentally do like a Carlos Mencia <laughs> A reference I'm sure they get. it would sublimate in my mind. And, like, I wouldn't even think about doing it. It would just happen. Talk about your show. What is your show all about? What do you do? What's the tone of it? What's the theme? Please, tell tell the listener. Okay, I mean, we have a kind of, like, every other week format. So once a week we do what we call our, like, research or full episodes. episodes. Like topical episodes. Yeah, and we yeah, just, and we we just pick, we pick one, one thing and just do a lot of um, TF Wiki diving about it. <laughs> Some of it is my own research. You know what? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Um, so some examples of stuff we've done before is we did an episode on, like on medics. Uh, oh, that's okay. some other ones we've done. I'm totally uh, anatomy. We did one on Energon. Um, frequently, we'll just say fuck it and we'll do an episode only on girls. <laughs> yeah, we do have quite a few. <laughs> that's, all, that's happened twice at least. Yeah. 
Uh, and then our other and our off weeks, we do what was intended to be a mini sode, but has just become the same length the rest of them, sometimes longer. Yep. Uh, and we watch an episode of G1. We did that for season one, and now for season two, we're watching two episodes of G1 per episode. Because G2 and done. Season two is so long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Caleb's very excited about how long it is. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um, gonna. Forty-nine full episodes. I was just really shocked at how much bigger season two is than season one. I was, I really thought we were moving at a good clip. So, uh, you yeah, know, me I, too. That that <laughs> light, that light at the end of the tunnel, it just got a, a lot dimmer for me. Yeah. But, uh, but <laughs> did it get um, dimmer or did it get further away? It. it <laughs> I guess yes. both. Uh, both. Yes. <laughs> I did notice. Uh, I was looking at Twitter this morning. Uh, you guys, this is your. Uh, this is your anniversary while we're recording today of one year from doing the episode. Is that correct? Uh, the inception of the podcast. The Our inception. first anniversary is, I think, May 15th? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in there. there. So we're going to so try to do something, something special, special for that. For that. But, but this you... is the anniversary of Harper texting me while I was in Virginia going, hey, what if we did a Transformers podcast? <laughs> yeah, I'd be curious. To, can you tell, uh, tell us a little bit more about, you know, coming to that conclusion that this is what you were going to do? Well, about... Uh, uh, I would say, I would say last, last January. January. It was. Yeah, yeah I, came I came home, home and I was like, like having a really rough patch. And I was like, I'm just going to go back to one of my favorite shows, Transformers Prime. <laughs> and Harper happened to come home while I was watching it and just kind of sat down and started watching it with me. And then we started watching it together as like, like a thing. Like, like it went, went back, back to the start, start of the show, show so she could get some more context on it. And I just kind of started to get back into Transformers in general because I, I was really into it around like, 2009 to 2013 and then i just stopped because i college and work and everything and so after we watched together like i started to get into comics and we started thinking about like dragging harper further into it and then yeah when i was on vacation she texted me and she was like you know what i've been thinking (laughs) (laughs) um I think my end of this was just, I picked it up and watched it. And then I started reading a lot of fan fiction because that's how I get into things. Yeah. Uh, And I've always wanted to start a podcast for several years now, but it's one of those things that became so daunting of a goal that I was like too terrified to actually do it. And then I was like, well, I think I was drunk, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't there. I can't vouch. But I was like, well, what if we just do this thing it'll be like it'll be fun there's no pressure because it's not something that I've been like thinking about a long time so we can just do it and do whatever it'll be a great time and then I messaged Kit and we just did it yeah we've been talking about doing a podcast for for years at that point just on and off about like various things Kit you alluded to it a little bit when you mentioned Transformers Prime is your favorite show but how did you get into the brand at all and then what made you decide focusing on the goofiness of the G1 series as a, <laughs> as a topic for your podcast? Uh, well, my first exposure, like totally first thing, was probably just, you know, TFO7. And like I watched it a couple of times with my family because my, my dad was big into action movies and stuff. And it was kind of something that the whole family could watch and not figure out. But I really got into Transformers specifically. <laughs> this is fun. Um, my ex and I sat down one summer because we used to watch like uh, just a bunch of stuff over Skype call and rabbit and stuff. And we just watched all of Transformers animated. And like, as soon as that was done, I just felt this like gaping hole in my chest. Cause like, this show was so good. <laughs> and then I think we finished it um, in the summertime 
right before Transformers Prime was about to start. And Transformers Prime was kind of the thing that really just like took hold of me and dra- like dragged me in kicking and screaming. Uh, I tried You started to watch- on a high note for sure. I think that yeah. Transformers <laughs> Animated is probably one of the highest quality <laughs> versions yeah. of the of the television format anyway. Everyone kind of and dunks on TF Prime. And, and I, I, I understand, understand the criticism, criticism, but also, but also it's, it's an incredible, incredible show. show. It's, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. I, tried I tried to watch, to watch a, couple, a, couple of, uh, a couple episodes of G1 back then and like just couldn't get into it. But then like, I think, I don't ever really remember why we focused on G1. It was, it was just kind of like this thing of, well, what if we just tried to watch every episode of G1? Yeah, it, start, it was supposed to be, like, just a small segment at the end of all of our episodes. Yeah. And then we recorded the first one, and it was so long. We had to split it up. Yeah, I think we went with G1 just because we were like, well, we might as well just start all the way at the beginning. Yeah. I don't think, think we're going to do that for every show. I think that <laughs> might, that might <laughs> kill us. We haven't planned out what we're going to do after we're done with these G1 episodes either. And Yeah, but with every other week and with... How long oh, we've got we've got another two <laughs> years ahead of us. Yeah, we don't have to. I, I do have an Excel spreadsheet uh, that's mapped out us all the way through season two. Our last episode will be around Christmas 2021, <laughs> season two. How do you feel about that, Caleb? Yeah, Your well, great aunt will be turning 102. You'll be doing a parade in front of her house. Well, hopefully by then all this yeah, will be so. over. <laughs> We're still gonna be living under the yoke of COVID in 2020. No, it'd be like, nah, it's okay. We'll just we'll just stick to the parade thing, Aunt, Aunt Lavinia. It's cool. Uh, you know. uh, Anything she can, not at the She can't see the anyway. I mean, she made it to a century. After that, she's just milking those birthdays. Well, I to, to be honest, I when I go over to her house, uh, I, I go to say hi, and and, and some somehow every time I go over, I end up just picking up sticks and doing chores for her in the yard, and I'm like, how did this? The happen? universal experience yeah, of an old relative. Like, oh my like, god, yeah. you're like the opening of a Dennis the Menace. <laughs> everybody, everybody that goes to her house to visit her ends up doing like like within ten minutes is doing yard work for her. It's like there's just like three or four people looking at each other inexplicably like, what's going on? <laughs> I feel like here? I, she's a hundred. You should be over there helping her weekly anyway. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, why don't you come with me, Aaron? Why don't you, I'll let you I gotta go. Time I'm <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm lucky. All my older relatives are dead. Well, yeah, Lavinia just keeps clinging on to life and uh, making people do. Yeah. Uh, when do you? Uh, well, well, more of that later when, when we're in the. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to um, it. Harper, oh, Harper, how did you gonna... get into this thing? Transformers. The, yeah, these bots. <laughs> this parade. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think she got into this parade by very phone call. True. True. <laughs> um, I mean, it's really how we started the podcast. I've not been into Transformers long. Um, it was like last January, I came home from work and Kit was just watching something. And I was like, all right. I think at the first point, I just like sat down and was like, no, you don't have to change what's on. I'm not going to pay attention. And then I just started paying attention. <laughs> um, but I think what really got me was Transformers Prime Soundwave's design is so oh, yeah. fucking cool. I'm trying to remember what the first episode we watched together was, and I can't remember. I have no idea. Yeah. So you were dragged into Starscream this. Starscream one, because one of the first things I ever said about Transformers was Starscream me the ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fair. I've seen like, maybe the first two seasons of that show. I didn't finish it all out. But it's the... actually where we're at, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. The Soundwave, he's got, I mean, his face is basically the Decepticon logo, right? Is that... 
it is a really cool design. Uh, in this one, no, he's just he's like a screen. Well, I mean, it's vaguely Decepticon logo shaped, like overall, a little bit. But yeah, he's got the screen. He's got just like these huge long ghoul arms, <laughs> and he's got a bird strapped to his chest. I looked at that and went, "Yeah." Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and revisit the designs. All those designs are they're pretty cool. They're lanky and sort of like the Starscream design is really cool as well. Mm-hmm. I just don't like his face. That's like the only thing I don't like about Starscream. Nobody's got a nose. That's my other bone to pick. But aside from that, like I'm into it. Awesome. So what then? The just the G1 thing. You you just kind of decided like that's the format for the podcast, and you're gonna mystery science it, and 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 that's Mostly why you're what, doing to what you're doing. The dots and create an overarching lore. <laughs> yeah, that's what we've been working on. I got some theories for this episode today. Cool, buddy. <laughs> Nice. On this I'm is excited. a fun one. I'm really glad oh, yeah. that we got together on this. Ryan and, and oh, yeah. everybody, let's talk about why the hell we even got together on this particular episode, the Immobilizer. Yeah, I um well, uh, Kit and Harper, Caleb and I met you at uh, TFCon DC. Mm-hmm. Um and I had been just started listening to your podcast and I was very excited to to talk to you about Spike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say we didn't make some missteps in the early days (laughs) (laughs) because yeah uh, because i think you he was working on an oil rig to be fair so you were like he's got to be 20 you you guys at least 20 you guys were misled it's not your fault (laughs) and i took i i just wish i knew where this spike is 14 thing specifically came from so i know it's on tf wiki i just want to know what the lore is and how they're explaining it it is uh it's in the production Bible. Okay. That, uh, so that's where I yeah. can only imagine what the prod Bible for this fucking show looks like. It's wild. Um, so yeah, there's and definitely so, yeah, lots of a... bourbon stain rims on the pages. For sure. <laughs> Cigarette burns. Yeah. A lot of cocaine re- residue. Um, so, I didn't yeah. know Mr. King was writing for Transformers. <laughs> Oh, a Stephen King written episode of Transformers G1. I like this. Well, that's Brady funny. Also another, another like, like episode, episode pitch for me. <laughs> gotcha. Excellent. So Christine, a... but she's a Transformer. Oh that's God, damn it! This is good. Okay, more ideas Provo- to steal. I'm editing this out. We're stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking about Shockwave's big day out. <laughs> Provo- okay, so. Speaking of cons, provided it actually happens in October, do you guys have any plans to go to TFCon Chicago? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If if Toronto happens, we're going to have to think about it because that's kind of, it's really close to the Buffalo. end of, quote unquote, end of, quote unquote, all this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, if that happens, we'd like to go. And if, if Chicago happens, I'd definitely love to go. Ryan, finish think... the story. Sorry, the Carly story. <laughs> or the... Oh, oh, sorry. Why are we here? <laughs> it was just because, like, yeah, that's how I I met you guys, was telling you that Spike was 14 because you'd made some very off-color jokes. T- tell us yeah. what, what what sort of things were said. Let's revisit. <laughs> uh, well, one of the, the least offensive things I said is that it's a twink's instinct to get close to the sun. <laughs> Which, you know what? I'll stand by that. Yeah. Not too oh, if we want to go full off color, I'll admit it. I definitely said something about um, jazz, spike, and roadhead. <laughs> hound were made. Oh yeah, there's a lot of hound comments. Uh, bumblebee comments were made. 
so despite <laughs> the any off-color remarks you all or we might have ever made in our life, it doesn't really matter because the canon of this lore is that there is base i don't know if we want to say full-on pedophile but there is a pedophile uh, amongst us in the form of carly and i guess we should yeah. watch the episode before we get to that so that's why i, I, wanted to I have it, a yes. block of notes below my actual recap that is solely dedicated to how old is carly trans okay good we'll get to and it we could say you know what? It's, it's, it's debatable, debatable. Yeah, it is you're right on it too <laughs> My dog, my dog just farted and left the room. <laughs> Classic. This is the worst thing I've ever. Oh my god. <laughs> I like that it was too much for her. She's <laughs> like, peace out. <laughs> oh my god. Later days. Uh, sorry. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> no, I can feel it already. <laughs> okay, I have a couple questions for you before we okay. get a couple more before we get into the show. Uh, who is your favorite character, or who do you identify with the most in, in the Transformer? In the Transformers world, it doesn't necessarily have to be G one, but if you want to take it there, take it there. Oh, I go full RC almost every time. Mm-hmm. How do you not like G one RC, IDWRC, and I don't know. Well, about we don't. That. Know anything, anything about, about G1 RC? And like okay. Harper and I have talked about this before. One, one of the problems, problems with, you know, and probably one of the reasons there isn't such a collective interest in female characters for Transformers is there is no unified canon for them. An Optimus Prime is going to be largely the same in between like continuities. Like there's some difference. Like I don't know, TFA and TFP Optimus are different, but like they're so TFP RC and IDWRC are light years apart. Mm-hmm. But the collective, like, personality of every RC is always pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Flame War. I mean, look at her. <laughs> Flame War? Is that a character? Or I don't know that reference. Oh, um, ID... Well, she's been in a couple continuities. But in IDW2, Flame War is a member of the Rise. So she's a domestic terrorist. But she's also okay. a huge brat. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished... IDW one, uh, maybe really? a couple of no months spoilers. ago. So <laughs> I haven't gotten into IDW two yet. What's your take on it? I feel like the reviews have been mixed, but reviews fit to be fair were mixed on IDW as well. I, I read mean, it over Harper's shoulder. So. Yeah, I haven't read IDW one. Okay. I like probably just like a one issue, maybe two. You read the Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, once I'm married, I can read IDW1. Okay. Um, but I've been picking up IDW2 from our like local comic shop because uh, our lady there is really nice. <laughs> and I don't know. I really like it. I think it's a fun and interesting story. I like the take that they have on how life was working before, you know, this whole uh, war started. And also the art is fucking incredible. Oh, it's very good. Also, RC's gay married with a kid, so you know I'm here for it. Yeah, Cyclonus is talking to ghosts in the desert. What more could I ask for? Yeah. A, a whole Jim Morrison vibe. I like it. Harper, what, what about you? Favorite character? Uh, I feel like lately it's I've been more on like the Grimlock train than the Soundwave train. Hmm. That's fair. You're allowed to change your opinion. I know. It, it feels a little bit like a betrayal. <laughs> I mean, Soundwave's still your boy, but you can have multiple. Yeah, yeah, I just, I really, I really like, like Grimlock. Grimlock. I think he's really interesting. I think there's a lot there to do with the character that I think doesn't happen 
So you get a lot of interesting fan content as people interpret that. And, and also he's a dinosaur. Also he's a dinosaur. <laughs> what version of Grimlock in particular? I honestly miss my Grimlocks. There's unfortunately not enough of them in my opinion. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so I'm somewhere between, between like a G1, like a G1 and, then and then what I know about, about IDW, IDW Grimlock. The IDW Grimlock is a very interesting character arc for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, since you haven't read it, then I will not go into it because I don't want to spoil the deliciousness of it. Speaking of deliciousness, what is Caleb boiling? He's I'm making I'm I'm making oatmeal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I keep joking about eating oatmeal on stream like Noel Miller, but you know what? Caleb's living it. <laughs> I'm trying. I just it just completely boiled over though. Oh, that's gonna be tough to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, get to cleaning it up. I've got. To, I'm multi, I shouldn't be multitasking, and now it's evident. Before we get into the show proper here, I want to talk to you guys about your iTunes reviews because we at the Autopod Decepticast are very obsessed with our iTunes reviews. And I've got to say, it's been a while since we've gotten one that's uh, legit anyway, that, that, <laughs> that maybe Ryan didn't somehow plant out in the world. And those aren't <laughs> iTunes. Actually, you haven't planted an iTunes review. You plant at the most obscure... <laughs> platforms out there i think i did one on pod knife uh um, <laughs> like what the every fuck? so often i'll google mtmt pod review but there they, there's so many other things that come up before us <laughs> <laughs> yeah the name i guess more than meets the i'm guessing Blank. probably has a lot of metadata out there <laughs> that will outrank you. well hopefully being on this show <laughs> Spike it for well, shoot us to start up. <laughs> whatever, whatever. So, if people aren't convinced just by this banter here, I want to go over some of your reviews that I found funny. Oh, uh, wonderful! Uh, oh boy. So that, and maybe that'll get people over the top if they weren't quite there yet. This is a review from a person called Still Bad at Nicknames. <laughs> The, yeah. the, the headline is, the Transformers content I've been craving. And they here... crave that mineral. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the... Is that me still bad? Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, this, the, the body copy is, this podcast is run by two of the most entertaining hosts ever, while also creating such a great environment platform to discuss this franchise. It's hard to find a directly Transformers fan perspectives, especially from fans who are queer and or women who also are here to have fun and talk about something they care about. They give off such good vibes and manage to articulate the good, bad, and weird when it comes to Transformers. Uh, d- Can't is that wait a- for them to listen to us cover Kiss Players. <laughs> <laughs> that episode's going to be bad vibes. That's actually a very long review. Holy moly, this person is dedicated. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to move I cut on- that one down when we read it on air because I was like, first of all, it's <laughs> in depth. Second of all, I might cry. <laughs> I know. It's very sweet. Um, this is the first time in a year I'm intensely blowing through a podcast series. Nobody, why, Ryan, why does nobody say these nice things about us? I will say them. Okay, good. Well, get your iTunes account. This is Darth Ravan, who also reviewed our show, uh, and I, which caused me to dig really deep. Darth Ravan, and I'm if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. 
this person reviews everything on the internet and uh that's awesome actually because creators love feedback there is like 95 podcasts and darth ravane is going to give the opinion on all of them and it's always really nice feedback and the feedback for you was a plus great podcast always fun to listen to g1 commentary the hosts are hilarious and i found myself laughing out loud quite a bit keep up the good work Very sweet. The... all right one more this is my favorite eclipse at dusk do you know any of these people personally? Some of them through Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. We're very active on Twitter. I and- have four Twitters currently. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I one can't keep just, up with the one. One of them, the genesis was so I could yell about Flame War and not have it be on my main. It's at scheming all day. It's not safe for work, but I don't care. <laughs> That's, That's why, why it's, it's separate, separate from, from unscheming. Eclipse at Dusk says, a breath of fresh energon in a fandom dominated by middle-aged men these two are a wonderful change they're riotously funny and make me excited to re-enter a fandom i was hesitant to rejoin for years after revenge of the fallen i can't wait to hear their opinions on bumblebee i don't i don't know what to say about this (laughs) (laughs) i think this straddles that line of they can still enjoy your content but that's kind of the niche that we're filling is This is content curated almost specifically for people like us. Yeah. I think you being on this show is now going to bring you down, frankly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what the feedback is because I know that we have a considerable overlap in people who listen to us, people who listen to you. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I remember uh, back when you guys were on Mike Seibert's show talking about shipping. <laughs> like oh, that yeah. to me is fascinating because, because when I meet people who have like, like no experience in fandom, that blows my mind. Because that's, that's been my life for like 13 years at this point. Like I don't remember how to do things without that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been in fandom for like a, I think a decade now. Yeah. So it's just interesting to me because I can't, I don't, I don't know, know. Like, like, like the, the thought, thought of being so into something like Transformers that you're like doing a podcast, you go to cons, like you collect mm-hmm. toys, but you're like, you don't you're not in fandom for it like that to me is i don't know i would argue that the transformers reanimated that you guys do is definitely a part of fandom that's fair i guess i guess what i'm saying is like i think even toy collecting is, is technically part of fandom and if you're making any kind of fan content that is fandom i guess i want more like shipping specific fandom well yeah, and also none of us are into like m- fan fiction really like yeah. we have no like exposure to that really at all or at least i don't now, would you like to get into some? Because I have some <laughs> nice ones. Harper's reckless are insane. <laughs> it it doesn't have to be shipping either. I've done a considerable amount of gen stuff for Transformers at this point. Oh, yeah. There's so much good gen fic out there. Mm-hmm. It, it is awesome that people can express their love for a, a franchise in so many different unique ways. I think that's really yeah. cool. And and I don't know how unique it is to Transformers. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have Star Wars fan fiction or whatever, but I feel oh my God. like... Star Wars is almost the original fandom. Sure, sure. But I feel like Transformers, and I know I'm biased, I feel like more people are more engaged at that creative level and doing different kind of things than any other sort of nerd property. But... Again, I'm probably. I think biased. it helps that there's just there's so much to draw from in Transformers because yeah. you have so many different continuities. You have so many different mediums. It you know, you've got the shows, the you've got the comics, you've got toys, etc. Yeah. So you can do anything, anything you, you want, want from, from any of those, those and so it just kind of explodes. Explodes. Yeah. yeah. Somebody actually suggested an episode topic for us uh, to talk about 
fan artists and, and like fan fiction writers who have gone on to do digital transformers work which is fascinating to me we actually went on a whole tear uh that got cut from one of our previous episodes about you know what if we got hired to write transformers but it, we could only write spotlight alpha trial oh man i'm in an interesting spot because i've been i've woke up one morning and realized i was in fandom like uh, <laughs> i've been sometimes life comes at you fast yeah i yeah i i didn't i i don't i don't know am, am i i guess i'm a, in fandom yeah initiation ceremony i promise <laughs> like i'm yeah. card carrying but you know it's no less yeah. legitimate for you thanks okay cool <laughs> First of all, th yeah, thank you for being on the show. I'm, I, like I said, I'm super excited that you all are here and we're going to get into thank this. Thank you guys and, for having us. And hopefully you have time because we've been chatting for over an hour now and we haven't yep. even got to the episode yet. Uh, but you're drinking on a Saturday, so you have time on a Saturday morning, <laughs> no less. Ryan. Saturday shorts. Uh, yes. The lockdown continues. We're obviously recording remotely here, but what is our themed beverage that we are drinking this week? I'm glad you asked. Um, we are, I went off book again for a simpler uh, recipe just so maybe we could all make it and enjoy it together. Um, so I'm calling this one the Carly High Schooler Highball. <laughs> I don't, I don't like this already. Oh. <laughs> I'm very nervous. The highball well, is basically a catch-all name for a drink predominantly made with liquor and a mixer, like a rum and coke or a seven and seven, and it's in a tall Collins glass. Um, for this one, I just went with a whiskey highball. Uh, you could do Irish, Scotch, bourbon, whatever you want. I'm doing Cuddy Sark Scotch. Uh, it's one part whiskey to two parts ginger ale or club soda and a lemon wedge or twist if you want. Uh, Caleb had an interesting, before you guys jumped on, he had an interesting way he was making his cocktail you want to tell us what that is Caleb so I'm a I'm just using the resources I have I have some delicious um I do have some delicious bourbon some basil Hayden's okay and I thought okay. you know um what better than to uh, ruin that than with a mango LaCroix <laughs> so, uh, and then I thought you know I don't want the mango LaCroix to ruin the good bourbon so I take a sip of the bourbon and then I take a sip of the LaCroix and I mix it in my mouth and I swallow it that way. You just swish so it like elementary that. school style? Yeah, it's like you're taking cough syrup. Right. So I like um, to think of it as a deconstructed cocktail. Right. <laughs> so trendy. That'll be the next, that'll be, yeah, that'll, I was about to say that'll be the next trend. Kayla's going to open uh, a gastro pub when this is all over. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, yeah, here's all the ingredients. Now you mix it together in your mouth. And well, actually, be, the waiter will come over, pour a little liquor in your mouth, and then pour a little soda in your mouth, and you do okay. it. Let yeah. me take this one level further. The waiter mixes it in his mouth for you, comes over to your table, that? and spits it either into your mouth or in the, your glass. I like it's it. delicious. You get the backwash and it'll everything. Be like, it'll be like, okay, okay, I'm ready. I, uh. Uh, <laughs> See, I that implies like a funnel situation, which I'm kind of, I'm all about that. Co I was Greek life. COVID-19 <laughs> is going to be do really weird things to us when we get out of it, and we're just going to totally go against the grain of caring we're about germs. We're going to compulsively swap bodily fluids yeah. when this is all over. Yeah. French kiss the homies goodnight. <laughs> it's mandatory. <laughs> So cheers. Kitten Harper, what are what, what the hell are you drinking on? I have the drink. Mm -hmm. Um it's one part we have bullet bourbon frontier whiskey and ginger ale, and then I have a splash of lemon juice. 
Okay. I started out with that, but I finished it a while ago, so I'm <laughs> back with uh, Bullet Bourbon and Arizona Peach Iced Tea. Ooh. Oh, man. It's my drink of choice. The I only... like the varieties. I like the varieties we have going on here. The only thing trashier than that is my rum and coke in a dirty, <laughs> I guess, pool cup is the best way to describe this thing. Uh, Jesus Christ. Well, no, I appreciate it because you went right for like the white girl wasted option. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I do love a rum and coke and I am white and I do like to get wasted. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it with the last episode recap. My printer is nearly out of toner and I'm too lazy. I have toner, but I'm too lazy to Jeez, go get it Lord. and put it in the damn thing. So I'm dealing with really light <laughs> words today so this will be fun last Just episode take the toner out of your printer that's in there now and shake it or spit in it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not trying to lube it up for some fun okay <laughs> <laughs> that disgust was palpable <laughs> last episode recap old cliff jumped to conclusions about his friend named after illusions oh <laughs> Maybe Mirage should have been more transparent about his plans. This is great. Everybody is shaking their heads. <laughs> In the end, any animosity between Cliffy and Raji just disappeared. I can I tell these it. are hits. That's enough yeah. of that. So join us as we discuss episode 22 from season two, The Immobilizer, written by Earl Crescent. I, I think this is a Toei episode, which means... It's a little better than normal. The animation's good, yeah. I have to say, yeah, I feel like it was a little more top-notch. There's only, like, one or two goofs that I noticed. And they were good goofs, don't get me wrong. <laughs> we, you, gotta, you gotta get down for the goofs. Yeah, I will say up top I really like this episode, not only because it introduces Carly, who I really like, but it's Ironhide-centric, and I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started thinking, like, it bummed me out that neither Chip nor, spoiler, Chip nor Carly are in the movie. I mean, oh. I understand you gotta cut it down. But then I was like, is Chip even in season three? And um, no, no he, he's not. I don't think so. Aw, we love Chip Chase. We love Chip Chase so much. If they would have yeah. put him in the movie or season three, do you think they would have given him robotic legs, futured well, him in, up? In the uh, production Bible, they speculate that maybe he could have a rocket pack. I speculate he could have built his own. Yeah, I, can't, I can't believe Wheeljack, that wasn't a theme of an episode. Let, now, let's add this to our fiction pile. Wheeljack makes chip legs. Well, I don't know if you want to go down the road of, and, like, fixing him. Well, like, that does look a little wrong sketchy. We, we did theorize at one point that they supercharged his wheelchair <laughs> to work with his mind because there are several instances where That's he true. moves without his hands on the wheels. That's true. Oh, fun, real quick fun fact about Chip and Carly. They're never in the same episode together. Oh, no. Is there a twist to this? Is there a Batman Bruce Wayne thing happening here? I'm very into that. <laughs> I mean, I have theories about Carly that might match up with that, honestly. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. Carly's the just a psyop. <laughs> I definitely agree with that theory. So we're at Autobot headquarters. Gather around all, because Wheeljack's got a new invention that he oh, wants fuck. everybody to check out. And it's, Please call the cops. It's called the Instant Immobilizer. Why would anybody be encouraging him at this point? Not only that, but it's the Wheeljack's Instant Immobilizer. Yeah. Like, you put his name on it. TM, 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 TM. It's also pretty ironic, considering what happens later. Wheeljack yeah. is the Ron Popeil of the Transformers yeah. universe, isn't he? 
I got that. I got that reference. I would call him an Elon Musk, but he actually does make stuff. Has Wheeljack had a relationship with Grimes? Okay. Wheeljack had a really fucked up threesome with Grimes and Azealia Banks and has never recovered. So de- Wheeljack's going to demonstrate his invention here. And to do it, he has Hound project an image of Laserbeak. That Decepticon an- dirty bird. Yes. <laughs> he has Hound project an image of Laserbeak. And it's an image so convincing that Ironhide walks in from a different room. He just didn't know what was happening. And he just starts firing indiscriminately in the air at his friends as well as the stalactites in the room which end up falling down on everybody and burying wheeljack here's the thing though i don't blame him because by my observation laserbeak is actually in the arc about 85 percent of the time <laughs> quite a bit True. Ironhide isn't wrong to assume that Laserbeak is inside the Ark. I think Laserbeak just hangs out there to sleep sometimes. Get away from all the nonsense of a nemesis and just chill. All the fish. Yeah. I, I had a note that Ironhide came in guns blazing, but I mistyped it as buns blazing. <laughs> that ass is on fire. Yeah. Also, that- how, how do you immobilize a hologram? Yeah. We actually had a long conversation about that this morning. We had several long conversations about the physics of this episode, mm-hmm. but it's... how fucked up would it be if he accidentally immobilized all light particles? <laughs> I oh, guess yeah. we could make the distinction between a hologram, which is solid light, but it's not solid light in G1, actually, because people just run right through those things all the time. Yeah. Right. Well, they choose to immobilize the weirdest things. We'll get to it, but there's a lot about the river. That's yeah, weird. Wheeljack ice nines the planet. I have that note, actually. Hey! <laughs> Oh, man, we're getting some deep Vonnegut action here in this one. So a couple things about this. So Hound can just project holograms out of his chest now, I guess. I mean, isn't that what he did with the he did that with the giant Autobot at the season one finale? I, I, I guess I don't remember that either. Also, Ironhide hiles Hitler when he walks into the room. He's just oh, no. waving hello to the homies. No, I think we need to dig into... He's got kind of a redneck accent. I think we need to dig into his <laughs> political oh, yeah, affiliations. Really... There's no... There's no... He's, Actually, his elbow's bent. That's a yeah. little bit of a, like... Oh, hey. Hey, girl, hey. More of a Heil, how you doing? <laughs> God. Casual around the office. Highly Heil, <laughs> where's the coffee? <laughs> Spike is... Oh, there. it was no neck iron hide. We missed it. <laughs> Everybody in this episode, no necks. Ugh, I didn't notice it, but now that you say Spike it. Spike only gets a neck. Wheeljack several times, no even, neck. Even yeah. Spike's neck feels very uh, meaty. Short. He has front <laughs> necks, but no back neck. So Spike mm. explain. they get high Ironhide to stop indiscriminately firing on everything. <laughs> and Spike explains the whole hologram situation to him. And Ironhide feels bad about it. He's going to help uh, dig Wheeljack out of the the rock that's that's covering him. And it turns out the uh, polarizer on the immobilizer is now damaged. And Iron- wing nuts. <laughs> Ironhide mm-hmm. feels bad about it. And Wheeljack just straight up orders Bumblebee and Spike to go pick up a new polarizer. Down that at the is hardware. A-OK with Bumblebee. Yeah. He, I think that Wheeljack has to expect if he's sending Bumblebee to do something, for one, Spike is going to go with him. And for another, it's going to take all day. Yeah. They're not going to get things done efficiently. <laughs> They're going to stop at the arcade and spend at least six hours doing nothing. Bumblebee, you're not doing shit. Go to the hardware store. <laughs> you little bitch. 
that, that brings up a good morning point. on the arc that brings up a good point i guess i guess you can just find this stuff laying around at the local hardware store a polarizer sure yeah sure. to a polarizer by this afternoon it's chip chase's hardware store <laughs> there we which go which means it sells weapons of mass destruction I love the idea that Chip Chase the genius just has this sort of blue-collar entrepreneurial effort <laughs> of the hardware store. He's a man of many talents. I mean, you might Renaissance as well. man. People are yeah. always going to need fucking nails. Let's get, let's get in the market. <laughs> let's sell them some high-tech nails. These oh. nails hammer themselves. <laughs> Hammerless nails. I, I if also... anybody could do it, it's Chip Chase. Also, Bumblebee can just get ordered around by anybody. Why doesn't he tell Wheeljack to go fuck himself? Baby of the family. Yeah. <laughs> also, like he's going to say, no, I don't want to go outside. Right. Yeah. I don't want to go spend eight hours at an arcade <laughs> with Spike with Wiki. Let's, let's get to this arcade because I, I, there's a lot of fun stuff I have to say about it. Oh, it's spacious, okay. it's okay. well lit, and it's stocked with classic games like, oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that we know it's 1985 yeah uh it's the hottest modern titles <laughs> we have like pan o chew i like chew that's the kissing game a, I... a, a game called hot <laughs> yes that game's only for adults I like to think the game Pan is like about baking French bread. <laughs> so like 1980s Cooking Mama? Sure. You're missing an eye in there. I guess you're right. I was just very excited about that joke. That's very fair. <laughs> I don't mean to dunk on it. And B is playing perhaps the most excitingly titled game of them all, Robot Resource? <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like was an alternate title for Transformers that they rejected and they wanted to get back in there somehow. <laughs> and then they took I'm that title, retranslated it, and it's now Rescue Bots. <laughs> <laughs> Robot Resource War. Robots in Disguise. I'm more interested in the eclectic collection of people watching Bumblebee play this game, including several businessmen in suits, which makes it look like Bumblebee's being scouted for the first esports league. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's going to get into that toxicity. Right? The, Bumblebee call out. So I guess we're beyond the robots being in disguise at this point. Are the are the are, are the Autobots just out? We think well, so. Oh, absolutely, because there's so many instances where they show up at a power plant and everyone's like, Oh, it's the Decepticons. There's a poster in the one plant in season one that just says enemy across a big old picture of Megatron. Also, everybody has Teletran One's phone number. Yeah, that's well. That's just part of the standard union package. Yeah, sure. Teletran One is in every union handbook. Yeah. Oh, I like the idea. The politics behind uh, the Autobots are now tied into the Teamsters. It's the union union. The yeah. the, the Miners League. Yes. This is what we've been preaching and praying and saying and preaching. <laughs> It's honestly one of the foundations of our entire show is the unions. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the building blocks of America. At this point, some young lass wants to cut in on the game, but she's going to have to wait for her own turn because Spike isn't having any of that bullshit. Oh, she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a good, good, good girl. Can we talk about the outfit, though? I love it. She has I, Legend of Zelda time. boots. Yes. It took me some time. But once we got to the point where she's talking I hide later, I was like, like this, this outfit, outfit fucks. The only thing I hate is that she's wearing a white belt and brown boots. 
And I'm like, I think the, don't the do white it. part is part of her shirt. Even so. Uh, okay. I, th I think this is acceptable. I think you're over the top on this belt situation. <laughs> but anyway, I respect Carly's first priority, which is getting in with the wingman so she can get it to she really wants. The cute Autobot. I don't blame her. Can we talk about how Spike just fucking shoves her out of the way with an elbow? <laughs> He's not happy. No. He's physically aggressive. I didn't get the idea at all throughout any of this that she was ever into Spike. I really feel like she's got an Autobot fetish. Yeah, no, that's exactly I think that right. Spike needs to get real about the fact that he's a very underwhelming white teenage boy <laughs> and that his friends, the Autobots, huge alien robots, are infinitely more impressive than attractive. Yeah. It's also, I yeah, yeah. I have some notes about Carly and what she, like her fascination with, uh, what, like, whether the, She's interested in Spike at all in the script deviations, and I want to get to that. All right. Spike is – he gets irritated, and and he reminds Bumblebee <laughs> at this point, <laughs> we, oh, yeah, we got to get this polarizer. We should have been back hours ago. Hours ago. What, like, he what also made them think – Yes, they bend backwards. <laughs> I make one-off color joke because this episode demands it, and it's – who is Spike more jealous of in this moment? Mm -hmm. to say? Yeah, it's not clear whether he's upset that Carly is not interested in him or whether he's jealous because she's hitting on Bumblebee. <laughs> I mean, Bumblebee is a sexy beast. They they run out of the video Hello, arcade. <laughs> <laughs> they run out of the video arcade, and Carly is parked very illegally. <laughs> What it's the one of the fuck? largest fire hydrant in the world. Her friend texted her like, "There is a robot in here." She just <laughs> GTA forward across the city. Yeah, I do like the transformation <laughs> sequence of Bumblebee doing a whole front flip and then transforming backwards, and they jet out. Um, Bumblebee is very into the acrobatics this season. Yeah, between season one and season two, he started his spec ops training. That's yeah. my... In Changing Gears and uh, Attack of the Autobots, he just does some sick flips. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very acrobatic. Now she's parked normally. Yeah, a little animation error. She's properly uh, <laughs> paralleled. She she takes off like a maniac. Well, she straight up drives over a sidewalk corner. Like, <laughs> yeah. but also, I mean, so does Bumblebee, if you look exactly. closely enough. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he comes may... into traffic like a real asshole. <laughs> So Carly's going to give chase at this point. She jumps in her. She's got a hot pink convertible. And uh, also, she knows how to drive stick, fellas. <laughs> B and Spike. She, her, her seat is way too far back, though. That's dangerous. <laughs> B and Spike get pulled over by 5-0. They get asked what's wrong, and the cop says... And it turns out you know, Spike is too young to be driving. So that's another he clue that he's- never answers. Ne I'm not saying he's not too young. I think if we go by the actual math, he's probably 15 or 16. Right. Definitely does not have his driver's license though. Right. But oh, is that all? Well, so he, but he's, I don't remember his exact language, but he he basically says it's not a problem because I'm not really driving. He doesn't say it's not a problem because I'm 16, oh, and oh, no. I'm not really driving. He says, oh, is that all? I wasn't driving. And the guy's mm -hmm. like, well, you're the only one in the car and you're not driving. Yeah, he neither confirms nor denies whether he's old enough to drive. Yeah, Your facts can't vague. drive. Your facts are correct. However, two episodes ago, I think it was clear he wasn't old enough to drive. Was it Autobot Spike when they talked about the... 
motorcycle and he said something about not uh, being a, old enough to drive. That was the end of last season. No, it was the Insecticon episode, I think. Yeah, that was the end of last season. No, okay. Devastator was the end of last season. Okay, right. well, yeah, but like the second to last episode ending last season. Okay. Sorry. We don't have enough data to know how much time has passed. Okay, well, all right, <laughs> we'll just proceed. We get into another one of these situations where you the transformer transforms for the first time and you get this whole kind of oh my god a transformer moment i the think, wasn't at the union meeting i think that we have an issue i think this man is impersonating an officer because the beat cop <laughs> union would have passed that news along yeah well here's what uh, this whole sequence is with the cop is very weird there's like he says uh you know spike says that it's okay this is bumblebee and the cop goes oh yeah let's see it buzz and make honey <laughs> and first so first of all pig bumblebees don't make honey harper and i had this exact same argument not as vitriolic as would whales having sex sound different on dry land but it was still an argument. <laughs> I also, I also would have loved it if Bumblebee didn't intervene at all, and like no, he just, just sat there. Yeah, <laughs> I, let Spike dig himself a hole. I like the idea that uh, so this goes back to the earlier point where we were saying I guess the Autobots are out when when Spike said this is Bumblebee, he assumed the cop would just know what that meant. Like, it's like if he was trying to get into a club and the bouncer was giving him shit and he was like, "Don't you know who this is? It's Bumblebee." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I do like your um, your theory that this is a guy impersonating a cop because he has no badge and no gun. No badge, no gun. He's got jumper cables in the back seat where the prisoners would sit. <laughs> They're going to do some stuff to those prisoners. It's going to be bad. It's going to be like Swim Fan. Out of nowhere, Ravage shows up on the scene and attacks Bumblebee. The viewer sees what Spike and Bumblebee doesn't, which is that Ravage plants <laughs> some kind of device on Bumblebee. They wrestle the around. Stealth. The kitty paw. The panache. <laughs> they wrestle around for a little bit. Spike improvises this, this back to the jumper, jumper cable comment, the, uh, sort of a shock collar of sorts. Okay, pause it right there. 352. I want you to look at what the cop's doing. Look at that. <laughs> The police officer is just hold, yeah. gripping the sign. There we go. He's not a real cop. He's a stripper cop. <laughs> I mean, he's look at them thighs. That guy is thick. He's, 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 he's a stripper he's, gram. He's, he's panicking. And he just, he's, only, he's doing what he knows how to do, which is ride the pole. We'll <laughs> <laughs> put a picture of that up. But yeah, for the listener, he's basically holding on to a street sign pole as if With he's going to either swing around it or like he's trying to brace himself against 100 mile an hour winds he, he so looks like he's, he's on the back end of a very powerful cop, thrust cop super strength and smack sure and it's possible it's possible that this was just like he was hired by somebody to do an elaborate like strip like stripper thing for for bumblebee and spike <laughs> but it but it backfired because ravage oh my god that yep. is I like hilarious the thought you would hire a stripper gram to do it for your in broad daylight on, on a street, street corner in a city. So who hired him? It was Wheeljack. <laughs> it's taken so long for them to get this fucking hardware back to... He's just like, let's fuck with these guys. Okay, so it's uh, Wheeljack's like, yeah, go to town and get a new... Um, Polarizer. Polarizer. And uh, they just, yeah. Wow. All the Autobots are back at the base just... <laughs> <laughs> 
There's no cell phones. They can't crank call them. The easiest solution is then to hire a stripper cop. Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. If Rumble was the one who ordered it and not Wheeljack, do you think that's why Ravage is there to plant the camera? Oh. No, this is actually Harper's got something here. If the Decepticons ordered this diversion to stop them, that's pretty sneaky. They hired a stripper cop to distract. I like it. Yes. They thought they were hiring a regular cop. They have no idea. The Decepticons don't have human friends, so they don't know about human stuff like clothing. Also, that is a good point, though. Like, if if this cop hadn't stopped them, where was Ravage going to plant that and when? I don't know. Holy shit. I think we're onto something. This is like Barricade and Barricade's Holoform. <laughs> Years wow. before that tech came out. Wow. This is Holy amazing. Holy shit. This is what we do. We make do one make sense. Yes. It, it takes it takes work. It takes more work than it did to script this episode to figure out how to weave and weave the logic into it. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, so That's and, and it also it, it also <laughs> makes sense because the cop just lets them off the hook, and uh, we all know Correct. no cop would really do that. They they should be getting a ticket uh, right hold now. Hold on, Spike is a white kid in the eighties. Yeah, True. in like I know comic canon is this is like Washington State, so I think that's I don't know. Cops are pretty white pride up there. Well, he did. I mean, though, this is also still I've during. Been during the period of time where like if you got pulled over for drunk driving the cop would just follow you home yeah Look, i lived in the city of st louis a few years ago and and it's got a pretty heavy drinking culture up there i have been pulled over more than once uh and the cop said uh how you doing uh how much have you had to drink and i said uh, i've had a couple of beers and he goes okay drive straight home <laughs> wow <laughs> So I, I'm totally siding with uh, more than meets the pod on this. Well, the one thing he does do, though, when he pulls them over at the beginning, I, I can't remember what he says their infraction was, but it, it, whenever he lets them go, he says, stop speeding. He just makes that up. He never mentions yeah. speeding as an infraction. When he walks up, here's the exact interaction. Oh, he says that it's I, the age thing. It. It's the age thing. Go ahead. Yeah, Spike says, what's the problem, officer? And all he says is, your age, son. Your age, son. Your age, son. Time to buzz and make honey. <laughs> do you think he says your age son because he pulls up and gets out of the car and he's just like they ordered me to do what to who yeah, i don't nice, think i nice, do this legally now, he needs to make sure he's saying, 18 yeah yeah now he's backing out of it now he's like okay you were speeding but i'm letting you go bye <laughs> gotta go this half is my new favorite bit character in the show. Uh, i went from this man is committing a crime to this man is obeying the law to the letter yes yes yeah <laughs> ravage gets electrocuted runs off the cop as we said lets spike and bumblebee go and we end up back at autobot headquarters and can i talk about this tableau please tableau it yeah this is a tableau of everybody cleaning up Ironhide's mess. And if you look at the, the left of the screen, Sunstreaker is using a vacuum. Oh, and Prowls is just crouched on the, on the ground. ground. Like, Jazz and Trailbreaker <laughs> are doing nothing. It's... And Gears and Brown are hauling rocks. Actually, oh, Jazz yeah. is just kind of thotting it up over there. I don't know what he's doing. But just Sunstreaker. Sunstreaker. He's got yeah, a shop vac. It's yeah. an old, it's an old school, it's an old school house vacuum. I mean that. Yeah, I like I we had those when I was like. Yeah. 
Um, it's like not even four? a shot. Yeah, it's an old. Also, it's, a, it's a vintage Hoover. When did Trailbreaker get so svelte? <laughs> I know. Yeah. He, he got he got all that really ass good. though. He does not look this shapely later oh, in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> now Trailbreaker's keeping it tight. <laughs> He's doing <For> squats. <laughs> oh whoa! That's a bird call. Aggressive ass is bird that, out your window. Is that Caleb or Caleb? Uh, are you outside? Yeah. yeah, I'm in my garage. Sorry, I'll. I'll uh... No, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's kind of nice. Again, it's... it gives me the illusion that I'm outside enjoying nature. It's like the cool. sixth member of this podcast that bird the, b- the bird mm-hmm. it's laser beak oh, <laughs> bumblebee and spike to, uh, they deliver the polarizer as as was their charge 18 hours ago and then we shift oh, you don't have the animation goof i don't think oh really there... oh doesn't he of the thing just going through his no it looked normal no his went through there no oh, yeah, it was inside of it is this what you're talking about oh yeah it's his like it's all up in his wrist through that polarizer multiple times it's elsa's brain all over again <laughs> yeah i will not stand here and listen to your ac- accusation that there are animation errors in g1 <laughs> please look at spark plug in the <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't look good. Wheeljack is understandably pretty pissed off about all this. <laughs> so the cam, there's a been a, as we recall, there was a camera planted on Bumblebee, and we zoom into that camera. It's very cinematic, and we find that the Decepticons are on the other end of that, spying on the Autobots. They're watching this whole event, so now they know about the Immobilizer, and they're going to keep tabs on it so that they can ultimately use it against the Autobots. Here's what fucks me up, is that Wheeljack is saying in this moment, like, we're gonna use it and we're gonna immobilize all the Decepticons permanently and they'll be offline forever. And I'm like, how did he get permission from Optimus Prime to literally kill everyone? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what he's saying. He's like, we're gonna kill them forever. It's gonna be great. Or either kill them or just freeze them in place forever. And thankfully, like, we know later on that you're not conscious during the immobilization, but still, Mm -hmm. It's not great. Up. There is sort of a euthanizing of a whole race of <laughs> Autobots element to it that is a bit dark. What's the word I'm looking for? Not euthanization. Uh, genocide? G- genocide. Genocide. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you. I got you. Euthanizing is actually <laughs> nice. A nice term. That's like the politically correct way that they would say it. That would be if I you mean, kill Ravage. What, what gets me about this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really sad. <laughs> What gets me about Wheeljack's whole spiel is that it's, it's kind of directly at odds with what Ironhide is saying later on that we'll get to. Yes, That makes yes. him seem like he's more of a pacifist than Wheeljack, which is weird. Yeah. We go back to Autobot headquarters. Optimus Prime recommends that we test the immobilizer under conditions that Wheeljack has never considered in his life. Safe conditions. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Roll out, you fucks. This transformation <laughs> sequence is really bizarre. Like we've it's never come okay. It looks like they're getting ready to go down on something. <laughs> oh, the whole thing is just very like we. I've never seen them transform like this, and I guess maybe they're like, Whoop. "Hey, remember these things turn into other things?" But they transform in the most ass way possible. <laughs> it's like a weird montage. Like yeah. I don't know, like how you watch like an action movie and there's a like a TNA montage. Like that's how this feels. It's just like 
little shots of like people forming it's transformation porn yeah it, it's yeah. kind of cool oh, that they God. would do it though but the end it result is, is very awkwardly shaped alt modes look at sideswipe sideswipe looks <laughs> like it, the tf animated version yeah, of himself it's jacked that's not a lambo that's elon that's... musk's space suv <laughs> yeah <laughs> you guys use as the primary illustration for your podcast I'm the, I think the word maybe is avatar I think it's from this image of Optimus Prime that's used lots of times throughout the episode it's, it's outside yeah it's outside yeah, in your version one. right, it, right. it's not this it one but over it's, and over again. But yeah. it's those cells. And it is a very well illustrated transformation sequence. They go to it quite a bit in the it's classic in dad. The Honestly, you want to know how we came by that um that cover for ours? I think I Googled Transformers and that was one of the first pictures <laughs> that came. <laughs> now we have multiple other apps. I, I don't understand. They do they go to that prime that really cool prime animation a lot, but I don't understand why they don't do that for the other Autobots or all the transformers. They like, don't deserve dignity. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no kid. Everybody deserves their own boilerplate, amazingly illustrated transformation sequence. They do. Well, fuck them. I, mean, I mean, look at Jazz. Jazz. Every, Every time, time he kind of like, like leaps into it. it. Nobody else. Does anybody else really have it that we've discovered? No, I, I don't. Think I mean, so. I think Bumblebee has a semi-standard one. It's never like the same angle. This clearly they're reusing the same cells, but he does have that like you know go down twist whatever. Okay. I love that move. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where we were and what we were talking about. I, oh. We're getting ready to go to the river. Safety Autobot, conditions. Yeah, the okay. Autobot convoy is Thank rolling you. up at some river in the woods. Perfect. That they apparently used to test all of their new and experimental weaponry. <laughs> We've gone off-road, baby. <laughs> go go mud. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, we're, we're off-road. Ironhide gets assigned by Optimus Prime to take first watch, which is a weird assignment to me because how long are we going to be here that we have to call it first watch? We're just going to test. <laughs> Not only that, but he only he only assigns a watch to one entrance vector. There's like no. six other ways that the Decepticons could get there. There's so, yeah, they're in a forest. <laughs> I've never heard the, the word entrance, entrance, entrance vector I, before, but now I, I want to fold that I into my angle nomenclature. of attack. <laughs> entrance vector it sounds saucy i don't get the point of them having to go off site to do this anyway <laughs> that is true why do you want to fuck so... with their local ecosystem true yeah. but they're Real already jets, remote like... yeah. this I... is just like we're back at changing gears fuck your localist ecosystem yep wheeljack's just crazy he's just <laughs> i mean you're not wrong <laughs> Wheeljack. He he's gonna plant the immobilizer on the ground here, and he fires at an unsuspecting waterfall, immobilizing it. You want to get to your yeah. Vonnegut references of, here? Well, that's yeah. what, exactly. I didn't want to get too deep into it because it is a you know we have to let some things go. But how does this work at all? Like my problem was. Like, what is the area of effect on this? If this right. river leads to the ocean, yeah, Wheeljack just ice nines the planet. Exactly. Like, there's. How, what are the, How, fish? What are the fish? Are the are fish, fish dead, dead or are, are they, they dismobilized? I'm worried about the ducks that are like five feet upstream. <laughs> just can't move now. Yeah, and like if it doesn't, if it doesn't affect all the water it touches, shouldn't it just be pooling and spilling over? It's yeah. And how does it know the difference between water atoms and rock atoms? But anyway, it's again. Ooh, I didn't even can't... consider that part. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, oh. it's like it doesn't spread. It's like it attacks one group of things. And why the fuck does it work on a river? 
<laughs> wow. it's, it's again they chose a hologram and a river like freeze <laughs> anything else but like, yeah if you're gonna sacrifice all of the life in the world potentially why not just aim it at a bird since you were gonna <laughs> use it on laser beam I love, anyway i love jazz's little bit here where he's like oh no it just looks like water to me and just wipes the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then spike comes and stomps all over the remote and Wheeljack gets... I love this part where Ratchet comes up and grabs his fucking face after Wheeljack gets frozen. This He's is like practicing his amateur wrestling moves. <laughs> this is revenge for Wheeljack volunteering him to do stuff all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there is, as you guys are alluding to, there's some disbelief within the crew here. Jazz slipped and fell on that solidified water. Braun took a punch <laughs> at it. Spike buffoonishly tripped over the controls causing the immobilizer to fire on Wheeljack. So Wheeljack's frozen solid. We don't know how we're going to get Wheeljack back, but what we do know is we definitely have to keep this thing from the Decepticons. <laughs> At least Wheeljack froze in a cool pose. Oh, yeah. It is. I, I do question, though, like maybe it was just an instinct, but why did Wheel... Like, Wheeljack's the only one who knows how this works. So if Spike got frozen, what's the worst that could happen? You just unfreeze him. But now you've frozen yourself, and none of us know what to do. Well, maybe he's not, you know, he's not 100% on how it works in organics. Because he Could picked be. a hologram. He picked a river. He probably just forgot about fish or just doesn't <laughs> know about them. We don't know what the octopods <laughs> know. Has anybody told Wheeljack about biology? Probably not. We, I think we also know, and here we are back to Prime's awkward, that awkward blue thing that I it's never noticed it before. <laughs> Ever since Caleb said that it looks like he's pooping a cube, that's all I can see. Yep. Well, here's the problem: is it goes up the back. It's it's a yeah. C-string. Our it's a C-string. Right. Also, somebody in season two is really hitting it with that inner thigh shading on Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> Them for it. It's too much. Here's another no neck Ironhide. Um. But <laughs> <laughs> But the the final thing I want to say about Wheeljack and, and the Immobilizer is he doesn't know how to reverse the effects at this point because not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Carly discovers how to do that. Well, he doesn't know. The effects aren't permanent, so I think he's not really worried about that. Mm. I think he's just like, it'll wear off eventually. Yeah, because he says, he says earlier in the episode that he has to develop a stronger prototype to make it permanent. All yeah, right. so I think he's just like, well, that'll be fine. We're at... Ironhide on watch duty. I just noticed this. Is he holding a version of Optimus Prime's gun? His gun goes through so many changes in this. It's not consistent from like even shot to shot. It looks it does... similar. Yeah, it does. Okay, well, he's he is on guard duty. He hears some rumbling in the brush. It turns out that it looks it's like a worm foot. on a string. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It turns out it's devoted Autobot fan Carly, and, and he takes a shot at a tree and goes to approach, and that's that's when he discovers it. He immediately starts lecturing her, which led me to some some places. Is this area off limits to civilians? Who that's ordered what he that? Says. Does the government know that they're doing this? I, listen, I have thoughts about the government that are going to come up later. <laughs> Wonderful. I don't know why he has to pick her up at all. <laughs> that's where I was going. <laughs> I mean. He picks up Chip Chase at least once or twice last season, which, like, maybe that makes it make more sense out of the very rational explanation of, like, Chip Chase and Ironhide are married. <laughs> <laughs> You're marrying off Ironhide to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that looks his way. Look at, Look at him. him. <laughs> He's an old maid. He needs to settle down. 
And he has a lot to offer. I mean, somebody would be lucky to have him in their life. I'm just looking to settle down. <laughs> Head empty, thoughts fighting. <laughs> but maybe everybody's turned off by that whole pro-Nazi thing that he has going on, and that's probably... You did this! <laughs> it's the mohawk. Nobody wants to settle down with a man with a mohawk. Look at Noah Puckerman. <laughs> I think I think the mohawk is bringing me even more in the neo-Nazi corner with Iron High. He's chit-chatting with Carly. We hear some telltale Decepticon laser and fusion cannon noises in the background. Ironhide runs to check out the scene, and it turns out... over a rock. <laughs> yeah. It turns out Megatron and the crew have already taken control of all of the Autobots, and they're just, they're just now in charge of this whole operation. I will say this was my um, probably the bluest joke that I have in this. Was, um, <laughs> Ironhide says to Carly something along the lines of like, "What are you? <laughs> Don't laugh. I have to get this out. What are you doing here?" And I just I was taking notes and not even thinking, and I said, "Was like, she's here to get the good pussy." <laughs> Well, I can never say that out loud. And not only has she just said that out loud, she had to text it to me last night. She didn't want to say it. Who do you oh, think Carly is the most interested in in this whole crew of people? Ironhide, duh. The amount of time that she spends chasing after Ironhide. I don't want to get too into this because Without I still have that heavily debate about Carly's age later. Yeah, I, the, I will say that I do like the writing of this episode, even though the plot is fairly ridiculous. Like, they do do a good job um, of making, like, Carly and Ironhide have, a, like, an actual, like, relationship. Yeah. Like, they become friends, basically. They have <laughs> a rapport, and that yeah. isn't just like, oh, hi, I'm Carly, we're best friends now. Yeah. Which is what I do to people. What's your name? <laughs> Fred? Fred, we're best friends now. <laughs> oh, Fred? Ryan? Friend? Ryan, everyone knows you don't socially interact with anyone. It's true. I don't. Want, I don't want to ever meet anybody. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like Ryan is mostly responsible for more than meets the pod being on this show right now. Look at Ryan getting this all social and reaching out, taking risks. I don't Please know. Harper kind of took that first plunge for us because I wasn't talking to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> the Decepticons—they're in charge of the scene, taking all the Autobots hostage, and Ironhide is still hiding in the brushes. And he he feels at this point he's sad. He feels like he's in was in derelict of duty, and all of this is his fault. And that's where we go to commercial. Decepticons took Optimus by surprise because I wasn't at my post. This is all my fault. Because mm -hmm. the cons probably like approach from a different angle. We can all agree. A different hey. vector, you mean? <laughs> different vector. <laughs> Guess what? They can fucking fly. They can so fly. Gonna, they really that's fly. one of the six. That like they could have come from like several directions, not in Iron Hive. They could have come from the sky. They could have come from up from the ground. Like, There's way more than an X and Y axis here, for sure. Yeah. We are in a 3D space, a 4D <laughs> space, if you will. <laughs> Iron I'm sure we're gonna talk about this a lot, but Ironhide, fe I feel like it's over the top that Ironhide feels responsible for all of this because obviously he was doing his job. Yeah, he, he was investigated a disturbance. Right. He's just, he's not smart enough to think about the fact that it's more Optimus Prime's fault. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks Optimus Prime is right all the time. Well, Optimus Prime should have put more people in different vectors to to cover, but they never do that. Like you said earlier, Laserbeak basically lives at Autobot headquarters. It's his vacation home. But we're back from commercial. 
And we're, we're in for a hell of a good football game, fans. Uh, <laughs> Megatron has demanded control of the device, the immobilizer. Trailbreaker declines on Prime's behalf, and he calls him a mega turkey. Rough. I love how like jovial Trailbreaker is and how much he loves force fields. He's just <laughs> laughing through this whole thing. Yeah. He's got one job on this stupid ship, and my God, he's going to do it. I love the fact that Ratchet loses his mouth during that force field moment. I didn't see that. Oh. Hold on. Yeah. What? You got to like, right there. there. That go. is disturbing. <laughs> he has no mouth and he must scream. <laughs> oh, oh I'm, I'm not in for it. Trailbreaker, he's got his force field out, and he's blocking all the laser projectiles that the Decepticons are firing over them. Starscream takes the opportunity to do is some some uh, branded, trademarked shit talk. Flies up into the air. He's got the great idea to come in from the above vector and attack the Autobots <laughs> from the sky. And here he we wants see- to murder. Yes, he mm-hmm. does. And and we see Sky. Uh, I'm sorry. That's what sideswipe. sideswipe. That's that guy. Get in on some jet judo. I yep. know. I love it. I will also like r- right before that happens. Starscream says, "We could have wiped them out, but you had to have this ridiculous immobilizer." Which he's not wrong, but it's a real chicken in the egg scenario of like, <laughs> just kill them. You don't need the immobilizer if you just kill them. Oh, I love this frame. Thank you for this pause moment. <laughs> Look at Megatron. We're paused on the Autobots. Sideswipe kind of turns the tide of the moment here, and the Autobots are advancing on the Decepticons who are just hiding behind trees like it's elementary <laughs> hide-and-seek. They're playing Ghost in the Graveyard. <laughs> I hate it when they make Megatron's fusion cannon so tiny and skinny. <laughs> yeah, it well, looks like a pea shooter. It's true. In the next episode, it's enormous the whole time. But, like, yeah, right here, the barrel is very tiny. Skywarp <laughs> fires a bouncing <laughs> rocket out of his I like this, though, because it's the first time I feel that Canon Skywarp has matched up to Fanon Skywarp. Who is a big, dumb idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants a bouncing bomb? What point could that possibly, like, serve? Yeah. Also, Funny. when does it explode? Does it just bounce around and then just stop? Like it's it, a it potato situation. There's a lot of tree work in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this goes back to a conversation that we have had a couple of times. Despite the fact that the Autobots can't manage an organization, their technology <laughs> is pretty innovative. Decepticon technology is never actually good, even though. <laughs> but they have great leadership skills. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's because Shockwave is back on Cybertron, and he's like, he's the science guy. Right. I, well, I like to think that Shockwave is sending them prototypes, but this is all part of his, like, grand plan to eventually, like, overtake the Decepticons. So he's like, I'll give Megatron some shitty tech that he thinks is good, which will undercut him in the future. We have a very large Shockwave mythos. <laughs> okay. It, no, I like it. It is interesting how Shockwave is such an iconic character, but yet his origins in the cartoon here are very humble to be fair in the comic book he was they, doing they stuff. detailed him out from the very beginning this bouncing rocket has knocked over a bunch of trees and in front including one right in front of ironhide and spike and carly and, and they're ducking it and the battle rages on in the woods so optimus he, gets taken out by one of these fallen trees he, he and he fumbles bouncing. the ball it, it becomes a problem for everybody <laughs> so, <laughs> this bouncing bomb yeah so, that's why you don't make about a bomb that doesn't just go off 
<laughs> so to, to take care of it, Megatron actually has to get into gun mode and let Soundwave pull his trigger and, and explode the damn thing. Otherwise, everybody's going to fucking die. <laughs> uh, just a sp- small note, when Megatron transforms there, there's no transformation sound. Oh, wonderful. The tree the explosion also takes out a tree, or I think maybe the bomb takes out the tree right before... Uh, yeah. Soundwave and Megatron take out the bomb, and that falls on Optimus Prime, who fumbles the ball at that I will point. also say this whole sequence starts in uh, the rest of an episode-long game of uh, keep away with the blame for this situation. <laughs> the blame and the immobilizer. <laughs> yeah. Because Ironhide is like, it's all my fault, it's all my fault. And Carly pops in and is like, no, it's my fault. And yeah. It really looks like they're wrestling over an Easter ham. <laughs> <laughs> you have hams at Easter? <laughs> You guys don't? I mean, I don't personally have hams at Easter, but I thought it was traditional. Yeah. Uh, my family's all heathens. We're not having Easter anything. <laughs> <laughs> you paused it here at 9.52 where Starscream confronts Ironhide, who's trying to get the immobilizer. And Ironhide's, like, uh, I guess default safety mechanism is to shoot liquid shit. <laughs> Just hits him with some goo. He fires some brown <laughs> diarrhea-looking stuff at Starscream's feet. <laughs> It's very, like, Hawkeye's putty arrow. <laughs> In any case, the immobilizer is fumbled out onto the frozen river. Mm-hmm. Yeah, snatched from, up by Megatron. From Starscream, Megatron picks it up. He got over there really fast. They are all standing in the middle of this frozen river and they're humble bragging about how awesome they are right at oh, the point. First, hold on one moment before they really get dunked on. Starstream has a beautiful little moment where his telemeter has been damaged. Oh, God. He just stumbles around walking into trees. That is so funny. And I, I don't know why they included it, but it made me laugh for a while. There's no repercussions for this later in the episode. He's fine after this. Yeah, somebody was... I think that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Thunk. Here it is. Thunk. <laughs> it's like the bomb filter. Megatron has the immobilizer. They, they, they've got what they need. Starscream is done embarrassing himself. So they're just going to get the shit out of there. And I guarantee the Autobots are going to pay for this treachery. And, and I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself here. I totally skipped over the fact that the river is about to unfreeze. <laughs> but can and, we also talk wash all about of them away. Optimus says, You're losing your warriors, Megatron. And Megatron says, Warriors are expendable. The most important thing is that I get what I deserve. Yeah, it's, it's Holy, a very... that's a terrible thing to say as a leader. <laughs> In front of your entire army. I feel like they know. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite bit of this thing after they all crawl out of the river is that Thundercracker wants to go back and I quote, liquefy that slime prime. <laughs> slime prime. Slime prime. It's very bloodthirsty. Slime thirsty. Yeah, but we do get to establish that the immobilizer is not currently permanent because Correct. the river unimmobilizes. I actually have that specific note, un-immobilizes. <laughs> I love this tableau of the Autobots as well. After Megatron vows revenge, as he always does. We never use the word tableau. We need to start incorporating that into like, our lingo. I like tableau because there's shot and there's tableau, but tableau is like the entire ensemble's there and something's bad. This, this case, case multiple, multiple things, things are, bad. are bad. Jazz's, Jazz's body, body is extremely <laughs> bad. He is two-thirds to five-sixths leg. <laughs> I've noticed in this one, everybody's feet seem really tiny. The feet are bad, too. 
I think the most important part of this is that they've assigned the task of carrying Wheeljack to the minibots, specifically Cliffjumper, Bumblebee, and Gears. Which I understand is that, like, if they drop him, he's not going to fall as far. But Mr. I-can-lift-4-million-pounds prime is not just carrying Wheeljack? That's infuriating. It would have been funny to see him underneath Prime's arm. Just yeah, it's like a football. <laughs> there is sort of an Oompa Loompa element to having the minibots do all this grunt work. I am surprised they haven't sung a song about it yet. <laughs> I, I would love it if you would improvise a uh, Autobots as Oompa Loompa song right now. I can't sing. What would you do if your friends are all bros? <laughs> that's as good as it gets I'll, I'll get back to you Megatron stole I uh, stole the invention from under your nose oh, <laughs> pretty good see what we can cook up <laughs> the Autobots it's time to head back to base so everybody Bike and Carly included are going to go back to Autobot headquarters and we're, we're hopeful at this point that Wheeljack's own immobilization will be temporary like the waterfalls that we just saw and I'm wondering if Spike is going to get the courage to talk to a girl a girl he totally invites her back without asking anyone's permission oh yeah coming back to our secure secret base what could go wrong i mean chip chase just gets to go hang out with them no problem so why not chip chase had demonstrated value though carly has it's yet true. to do she's still a stranger there's no reason to trust her at this point she's also, just chip chase had definitely uh illustrated that he had security clearance mm -hmm. yeah i mean he kind of like got inside of prowl's head before all that <laughs> everybody should be very scared of chip chase actually <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's okay he's a good boy yeah this next scene is a beautiful callback to season one for me where ratchet is fixing iron hide up and threatening to cut off his vocal cords again yep i wish he would chuckle I just need a little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're back at Autobot base. Uh, real quick, the character models are really good in this yeah. episode. This shot is really good. They stick to the models. I love the angular drawings. It's 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 no Acom episode for sure. <laughs> Oh we're we're at Autobot headquarters, and Optimus Prime's self pity detector must be going off because <laughs> Ironhide he's assigning all of the blame to himself, and and it's like fuck it, I gotta retire now. You yeah. can't retire. This <laughs> isn't even your job at this point. It's your life. What are you going to do? Like, do you just do you go to a used car lot and just wait for somebody to buy you and have some new adventures? Do you just straight up die? There's no retiring. There's ten of you left. Retiring <laughs> just means death. We went on a little journey earlier wow. today about potential Great. jobs that Ironhide could undertake. I'm just a country that. boy, Prime. I'm gonna go fishing. Retiring for Autobots is the equivalent of. We're just going to send the old family dog up to the farm. Don't worry about it. Wink, wink. <laughs> Who's was... out back with a shotgun? Cliff jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I won't hesitate, bitch. But Optimus Prime very quickly accepts his resignation. It's a very weird sequence. <laughs> I like that he's shouting at Ironhide as Ironhide is already turning the corner. But this single moment where he goes, I miss you already, is the single strongest argument for the Ironhide Optimus Prime ship I have ever seen, including the fact that Ironhide has blindly followed Optimus into danger on at least three other occasions, including Fire on the Mountain. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, this I will say, uh, as ridiculous as re- whatever retirement looks like for an Autobot, um, it was kind of, I don't know, I found it very sad. <laughs> maybe It was maybe depressing. Sad. But it's clearly not his fault. He was doing his job. If, if it's anybody's fault, Optimus Prime can take some blame, or Carly, and she is well, this... rightfully taking the blame here in this moment with Spike. Yeah, I, I Carly... <laughs> Carly does some shit. Carly comes into her own as a trickster god. <laughs> well, she's here at Autobot headquarters. She's found. I mean, honestly, this is the best place she could ever be. She's at the heart of what whatever her weird fetish is. <laughs> He's okay. So Spike is trying to console her, and Carly runs off <laughs> in her Legend of Zelda boots, leaving Spike alone. In <laughs> speaking of boots. What the fuck is up with his galoshes? Those are some chunky go-go boots. Is he always Spike has had Barbie feet the whole episode. (laughs) This is one of my favorite moments of the episode when Carly chases after Ironhide and is like, you know, it's not not your fault. Like, it's it's my fault. And Ironhide hits us with a perfect perfect soundbite. Mebby. Mebby. Is that what he says instead of maybe? Mebby. He's says maybe <laughs> we have watched it probably 10 times oh, just wow. that clip just that bit i want to talk to you what happened in the forest wasn't your fault it was mine maybe <laughs> <laughs> damn it every maybe. time that got us maybe every time maybe <laughs> Oh, maybe. <laughs> okay, so if, but if he can, if he can accept that it that Carly it is more her fault than his, why does he have to be so depressed right now? Well, I think it's like he he acknowledges that it's partially her fault, but his failings also put his friends in danger, and I think he's also blaming himself for the whole Starscream thing. I guess you're just gonna have to let this go, Aaron. <laughs> I'm letting it go. Maybe. Well, like the thing that happened at the very beginning of the episode. On top of the thing that happened at the river, on top of Starscream, like, there's a lot. I need to learn to be more sympathetic. So we're going to go to the Carly. Ironhide just needs counseling. We we need to go to the Carly tour then. And also, so we're just going to give Carly a tour. She's not been vetted at all. Uh uh-uh. uh. She could be a, a Russian spy, a Decepticon spy. This was the point in the episode that I started thinking that she was like an Alice in, in Revenge of the Fallen scenario, where she's just a girl shaped Decepticon. <laughs> See, my theory is like at the very end of the episode, she talks about her scholarship to MIT. We'll get into it, I'm sure. Yep. But my theory is she got this scholarship because she like hacked into some government databases and they were like, Okay, we're just going to send you to college, and then you come work for us. Just please stop hacking into us. <laughs> please, God, stop hacking our defenses. So she knows things, and she's got, like, these skills that she really shouldn't have. But well, so my, my, my Carly theory is that she's secretly a government agent, or will be after she graduates college. Maybe. It is true, because as we're going on this tour, which, first of all, their fucking armory is filled stop with... Stop number one and the last one. But second of all, she knows where the Decepticon base is. Yes! She drops that it's underwater, yeah. and then later we'll see she finds it. <laughs> That's one of those moments where she says, we're the underwater Decepticon base, and you in, in any other movie you would say, I didn't say anything about an underwater Decepticon <laughs> base. <laughs> Like, I get that the ocean is dark and full of secrets, but as we're about to see, the base is not that deep down in the ocean. Does everybody know where it is? It's just offshore. <laughs> if we were to type in Decepticon base in Google Maps, would a pin 
drop and <laughs> yes. all, all oh, the location and all the reviews. I'm using now Google Maps. I'm going to see if something comes up. Okay. Yeah, Use that way back machine. Decepticon base well, only has a four and a half yes. star rating. Apparently their customer service isn't very good. I'm trying to guess where it'd have to be on the Pacific coast. Yeah. No, yeah. So we're going it's... this like Washington. Yeah. It has to be within like an hour or two driving distance based on the fact that she just books it there. And let's like so what we just saw is Carly runs back into the armory and steals what I thought was a grenade, and I didn't remember that from watching this previously. And I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> this was also I went this, we we watched this episode the other night and we had to stop and scream about three or four times. This was one of the moments that really had us like in hysterics. She just she jukes on him and takes the grenade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, compliments all of our conversation about her having motivations that seem perhaps uh, untoward. Well, I don't know. She looks very evil. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I paused it at a very evil glance. Yeah, she also straight up says she's like somebody should just murder all the Decepticons, and then at some point she decides someone should be her. Yeah, yeah. Ironhide's Ironhide's stance here is actually shockingly pacifistic. Like the fact that he actually considers the Decepticons changing as a potential outcome for this right. yeah. is not, not what, what I, expected. I expected. You all referenced that earlier, and it is true. I mean, he basically says unless we can ch- help them see the light then I get it's either help them see the light and hopefully that's the way it is, or we're going to have to kind of put them down. Send them to hell ourselves. (laughs) Carly, she's very hawkish (laughs) to say (laughs) the least. And she steals this grenade right under Ironhide's nose. That maybe does prove out his incompetence as a guard, (laughs) but also he's depressed right now. Back, we go back to the main hub of the arc at this point, and Wheeljack unfreezes. You have the whole, whoa, where am I moment. Everybody catches Wheeljack up on the situation. Ironhide's a loser. <laughs> Megatron <laughs> Once again, just falls directly on a sword. And uh, you got we got to stop Megatron before he unlocks the ability of Wheeljack's technology to make the freeze permanent and and this is where we realize that carly's disappeared holy fuck where is she and i feel like if there's a little bit of um gaslighting they all of a sudden paint her paint the picture of her as a potentially crazy woman this is yeah my note here is that this is exactly how i can tell that spike has spent zero time about around any women ever and like the fact that he doesn't really have a mom in g1 like (laughs) i kind of understand it but he automatically jumps to Carly hysterical. We need to find her. We don't yeah. know what she's doing. When he doesn't even know that she has a grenade. If he knew about the grenade, I would accept it because the grenade True. is also worrying me. But the last woman he spoke to was Louisa. And Louisa didn't exactly keep it normal. So I don't know. Caleb, quick question. Are, you, are How's the parade going? Can you talk to us? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's already, it's already over. I, I, I was sh- hoping to see it. Well, I showed it. Oh, where was I? While you guys were talking, I turned my camera around and oh. showed us pull up to the lady's house. I, I, I saw a driveway. I didn't realize it was not your driveway. That was, we pulled up into her driveway. She came out and waved and we drove off. <laughs> Bye, old bitch. Short, sweet, and to the birthday. Yeah, well, actually, she came out, waved, and then we were like, happy birthday. And as we were saying, she was like, yeah, and turned around and went back inside <laughs> the house. And, uh, of course, I, my mom said that they'd had like 50 cars by the wow. house in the past hour and a half. So, so she's just sick it of was, it. She was just like, yeah, what? <laughs> Bye. She's Bye. just like, whatever. Yeah. 
so no, that I, I have, I have, we have driven there, said happy birthday, and I'm back. Great. Home. Okay. Mission accomplished. That's right. The whole doing parades of cars for people on their birthday is a weird meme that's come out of this whole COVID nineteen thing. Like people you wouldn't even go to their birthday party. You're doing a parade in your car for. Well, it is almost... <laughs> Not to say anything about you know Lavinia, but. It's... It's a physical, it's a, like a physical manifest, uh, manifestation of liking somebody's comment on yeah. social media. It's yeah. just like, yeah, I'm going to drive by. Yeah. Gonna... I was going to say it's like the minimal amount of effort you could put into it is. things, but it isn't because I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not getting in the car. I've lucked out. I don't have any friends who've had birthdays that I am close enough. Yeah. I thought, I thought you were going to be just to be like, I don't have any friends. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> We're just roommates, and <laughs> yeah, we're, we actually hate each other, Scott. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron, when's your birthday? Coming up, May sixteenth. Oh, uh, I'm actually I'm slightly officiating Harper's wedding. wedding. Oh, I'm Aaron, just gonna ruin the whole thing. <laughs> Aaron, you want me to drive by on your birthday? Yeah, uh, yeah, you'll probably Aaron. throw something at me from out of your car. <laughs> No, I want you guys to drive down from the outskirts of Buffalo. Or else Honestly, it's not real. At this point, it would be a relief. <laughs> Leave the home. And that's where we'll pick back up next week for part two of the APDC MTMTP crossover event. Be there and be square. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, pistols at dawn. Decepticast after dark. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing was happening. What? Huh? I didn't hear any of that. Oh, okay. Good. No, no big deal. God. Something you can discover later. Fuck. <laughs> You'll be fine. Everything's mm. great. Brew Cells is the sponsor of Autopod Decepticast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs>